You guys may not know this, but I had a podcast in the past, and it was a fun thing to do, but it was a challenge to get my podcast to all the locations where everybody listened to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the such were just a lot of work to manage to get everything where it needed to be. Now, though, I found Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors too so that you can get paid to podcast. How awesome is that? Honestly, I'm really happy to find Anchor again because I love podcasting. I love talking about what I do and sharing with you all the things that I like to do as well. So if you're interested in starting a podcast like I am, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start and join today for your free podcast and become part of the community. I can't wait to hear what you put out on anchor.fm slash start. Hey everybody, welcome back to Elevated Office. My name is Eric McGrew and you are listening to Season 1, Episode 11 of Elevated Office, uh, Tree Climbers Podcast. And today we're going to talk about the mental game, dealing with bad jobs for a small tree service company. Alright, so here's the thing. This week, well actually the last two weeks have just not been good. Um, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's pretty rough. Uh, Some of it was my own doing, but it would have come now or later. And then some of it was just unforeseen situations that I couldn't handle or I couldn't control, I should say. Um, the, The real thing, though, is not about whether you can control what's happening or not, because a lot of times things are just out of your control. But some of it's just how you handle what you can't control, if that makes any sense. So... Let me give you a little bit of a backstory on this. Um, like all areas, we have some areas that people tend to spend a little bit more money on tree work. And then we have some areas that they tend not to have as much income to spend on tree work. And that's always a hard balance of figuring out what's worth doing and not worth doing. Um, and what I do usually with that kind of situation is I work on providing tree service work that is within the budget of who can afford it and if they can't afford it well usually i just don't do the work um that that's kind of how it is because i'm not out to be a full-time charity unfortunately though um based on some past experience i often evaluate what has occurred with jobs that are quote-unquote similar and then what I think this job will do or take, I should say. And then I make a decision, right? That, I mean, that's how we all pretty much budget our bidding or estimate our bidding. And then I consider what my daily costs are to run my company. And then I evaluate how many days I think the job will take. And then that's what I, I do. Now, couple of factors to, to be included in this, of course, are always, and we'll get into how I estimate and how you might want to estimate in the future, but what kind of work is included, how complicated it is, how, how much risk there is of damage or injury, um, what kind of mobility there is on the site, how complicated all that would be, and then how intensive the cleanup would be, right? 
Well, to make a long story long, I totally underbid this job. I mean, absolutely underbid this job by about a few thousand dollars. I thought it would be a lot faster. In fact, I rented a lift. I thought it would be a lot quicker and a lot easier. Um, I ran into situations where because I haven't had time to get all of my stuff together, um, well, it, it gets really complicated. Situations are very, very um, dependent or conditional on what's happened before and after the job too. Like if you're rushing from one job to the next, often um, you don't have time to reset up your your system, reorganize yourself because the last day on cleanup and everything often is kind of hectic and chaotic. You're trying to get off the job and you're trying to put everything back as ordered as orderly as possible, but yet you haven't had the time in between jobs. I try to schedule a day or so to reorganize the truck and the trailer and, and get all my fuel supplies and everything together. Um, in this case, I had been gone for a couple of weeks and then I came back, I set up a new truck with new toolboxes, all my gear in a new vehicle I'd never used in this way. And then I started a massive and complicated job. So, um, I was kind of starting behind the eight ball to begin with. And then the job just spiraled down from there. Um, the lift couldn't be put in certain places. I thought it would be able to be put. Um, some of that was miscommunication on my part with the client, which is my fault. I didn't specify things clear clearly enough. Some things were that once we got there and we realized certain aspects were going to have to change, then it blocked off areas I had planned on putting the lift, which changed things. Um, so there was just a number of factors. And we, we can talk about whether you should go back to the client and ask for more money in the future. We're not going to get into that in this episode, but we're going to talk about really just how difficult it was for me to get through this job. So a three-day job in the end ended up taking eight days. And that was with three people on the site for three days and two people on site for five days. And that included me. Um, well, let me take that back. Three people on site for three days and then two days of two people on site additional. And then three days of me working by myself. That's, that's what it boils down to. So yeah, um, less than ideal for sure. And then on top of just being way behind and really not making any money. Um, if my estimate is correct, I made $200 on the job. Um, so basically I'm paying out of pocket. The other end of it is, is that I had major equipment failures and uh, I got injured. Um, I hyperextended my knee halfway through the job um, with a sizable section of large wood to still be climbed and removed with a hyperextended knee. And if you've ever climbed with a hyperextended knee on spikes, you'll know that's not a, an ideal situation. Um, fatigue was setting in. Disappointment was setting in. The, the realization that I had just way under bid was setting in the amount of money spent versus made was setting in the realities were all there and it just seemed like I was bleeding money 
with the equipment and I was losing time and the, the customer or client was feeling like they, they appreciated the work I did, but they felt like, well, it was maybe a mismanagement of time a little bit on, on from their perspective. And I also started to get critical comments from the client and even one of my groundsmen about how I was doing the work and setting up rigging. Um, so there was all this stuff going on, right? They weren't like mean critical, but they were like, well, I just think you spent too much time doing this or doing that. So, um, in short, well, it's too late to be short, but in, in the end, it's, it becomes a real mental challenge to get through this for sure. So not only did I hyperextend my knee, but I also bruised the back of my calf pretty, pretty extensively, um, from the spur. I got caught in a rope and my spike was stuck in the tree and I couldn't get out and it yanked on me in a bad way. I also bent my 25 inch light bar on my 462 at a 35 degree ish angle. So I had to order a new bar and chain. So I was without that saw for a few days, which is my powerhouse for doing a lot of stuff. Um, had to have it inspected to make sure no damage was caused. The crane that I had put on the back of the truck to lift and load logs was working, but working extremely slow at first. And then on the second day of wood cleanup, and we're talking chunks of wood that are hundreds of pounds, um, you know, well into the four to six to 800 pound range. Um, the the motor quit on me and I lost a day of work with that. Um, I, I, you know, just was really struggling at this point to, to get through all this, the, the vehicle, the, the F-350, which works great, had some issues, um, that I had to work out. And then also the fuel consumption, cause it's a gasoline truck, which I was afraid of was just way more than I ever expected. Um, it cost me, I want to say like 250 bucks for a few days, you know, for the two weeks of work and fuel just for that truck, not including the second vehicle I had on site and, and various other things. So once again, you can see that the mental game and being injured in your body, trying to recoup from that and it taking longer to recoup because the injury doesn't have time to heal and you're still trying to get the job done and make everybody happy. And it just really starts to wear on you. So how do you deal with that? That's really the question, right? How do you deal with this? Well, um, I've found that in the past, the the only way I've been able to deal with this is just a bit of principledness in, in mindset and viewing things from an alternative perspective. If you look at every job just from the money-making side of it, then yeah, you're going to start to really resent the job and regret it. And you're going to, I mean, I, I know guys here locally who have just simply walked off of a job and left it, you know, half done or whatever. And what frustrates me about that is that they continue to get the work. They continue to get work. 
it's it's definitely not cool to me because it shows such a lack of professionalism and appreciation for the client who trusted in you to do the work. Um, but it does take a severe dedication to do a job when everything is going against you and you're bleeding money like I was for this job, just not even due to the job itself, just situations, right? Just situation. Oh, I also, um, ruined by accident, a, an expensive ART snake anchor. Um, it was my fault. I was doing light rigging and then I was there and I said, Oh, well, I'll just do this too. And I had intended to put a bigger block up. I'm super glad that the snake anchor worked as well as it did. Um, but I hooked a big chunk to a small pulley and the snake anchor and it, it ripped through pretty much three quarters of the stitching all the way down and stopped, um, at the end, just like it's designed to do. But there went my basal anchor and a $135 piece of equipment. So there's, there's just all this stuff going on. And the only way that I can deal with this kind of stuff, um, is to sit back and reevaluate what benefit there is in the job. And it may sound like there's none. It really may. And, and from the profit side and the business side, it seems like it's useless, but when I, when I evaluate everything that I've spent trying to get this job done, the, the reality of it is, is that it was a minor cost in comparison to what I would have paid to go to a course that told me not to do these things. And I guarantee you the training I received from making these mistakes firsthand will indeed make me rethink them even more and make them more memorable to me in the future. Not only that, I learned how to reevaluate certain things in a different way. And I will now look at estimating big jobs like that with these kind of situations even more closely and evaluate what I thought my pricing should be versus what it really should be. And that will help me be profitable in the future. Third, I also was forced to make sure that I tried new rigging techniques like span rigging and um, shared load rigging, redirecting a lot more. Um, I do that somewhat, but this was super precarious that I do this in this situation. Um, bucket placement, because I did use a bucket for a portion of the job, was definitely an important factor. And um, watching my rigging lines even more closely in these tight areas is really key. One rope got caught on the light of the bucket, the tail light, because it's one of those tow behind buckets. And um, I had to fight with that on a heavy chunk, which wasn't ideal. And that made me realize that, well, I need to start reevaluating where my bucket's placed and where my rigging is redirected, which is a challenge sometimes when you're rushed and you're pressed. And um, I try real hard to be safe and I try to pre-think all this stuff out to begin with. Um, and it made it possible for me to do it safe enough, um, but it could have been better. So for me, really, the things that from a work perspective, make me stay with us. We'll be right back. 
You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Get through such difficult jobs because just honestly, I wanted to quit sometimes. Um, the, the, the tiredness and the fatigue and the, the lack of money when you know you have other jobs lined up that could pay and you could actually make money on make it hard to to do that not not in even considering the fact that now i'm a week behind and i've got clients calling me when are you going to be here i need to tell my tenants that you're going to come what days you're going to be here and i can't give them an honest answer of when i'll actually be there because well tree work right so um yeah it's man just talking about it's tiring but so i i definitely from the work side of it learned certain things to look out for for reevaluating your estimating or my estimates i i look at rigging differently now for sure in certain aspects um it does build confidence when you can do kind of sketchy stuff that's fairly as controlled as you can get it and it works and then you're like okay well that worked let's try that again um it also builds confidence when even though through injury you can force yourself to continue on and get through it even though it's not ideal but it does help and then on top of all of that you have the the aspect of just realizing you've learned a lot on the job right so those things help me get through it but on top of that on top of that mentally i deal with the job well because the same client has already asked me to do other work and recommended me to other people. And talking to the client, I explained that I underbid, so don't go around telling people that I'll do this work for this price because it was a fluke that I did this job for this price. But I also made sure that they understood I had no hard feelings, it wasn't their fault I underbid, and that I would give them a honest and reasonable price in the future for the other work that they wanted me to do and they said that they would come back to me even if the price was a little bit higher than other people in the future simply because I was diligent in getting the work done even though it didn't go the way I wanted and I didn't damage hardly any other property you can almost never guarantee that you won't damage property when there's a lot around the bottom and it when we were cutting chunks that were four foot in diameter and they were only nine foot off the ground and there's like wood decks and stuff under yeah it scraped a deck and and cracked a little board or something but that was the extent of the damage it wasn't much um so they they were glad that i just kept doing it safely and protecting their property in a controlled way even though it wasn't going to plan as far as time frame. So I lost money on the job, I did, but because I found other ways to view it and to push through it, 
I've gained money. I make a lot more money from future business through them and their neighbors potentially. Um, and it's a pretty good chance I will than I would have if I had gone back and asked them for more money and forced them and, and played in my hand. I'm going to pull off the job if you don't pay me kind of thing, which I, I know some people do. Um, so I, I don't know that I, I'm not saying you should never ask for more money. In fact, I have had to do that. Um, but it's rare. And, and I find that a lot of times if you can just make it work and happen and keep going, the money comes to you in the end. You get more work. People respect you. They have confidence in you. He views me as a capable tree service professional and arborist. Um, at first he was calling me tree service professional or, a, uh, you know, a tree trimmer. And then at the, by the end, he's like, you're an arborist. So yes, technically the definition of arborist is anybody who works on trees, but the people in your neighborhood often view tree trimmers and arborists very differently. They have a different level of respect. And when they start to refer to you as a reputable arborist, then you've generally, as a general rule, made an impact on them as a person. So um, that definitely helps continue to, to make this feel like it's worth it and that it um, is beneficial for the effort that I put forth. So sometimes you have to look at the rewards. The rewards are, are not what you see immediately. You have to look past what you're dealing with in the moment for what you'll potentially get in the end. Not, if nothing else happens, you'll get respect from your client as a general rule because you didn't just give up and say, well, this took more time and effort than I thought. Forget it. Now, there has to be a balance too. It is a business. You're not you're not doing this for free. So keep that in mind. Um, it's hard. You have to figure out what potentially you can do on your own um, and what's what's viable for your company you have to manage your client don't let them add stuff don't let them you know change things on you too much because that can start to suck your your time and your your money and in it wasn't originally intended make sure that in your estimates and in your contracts it's all clearly expressed so that they can't come back and say, well, I didn't understand or I didn't want that or whatever. Um, but on that outside of that, you've got to be dedicated. You've got to have self-control and you've got to learn to view what you're getting out of the job, even if the job is going really, really wrong. So not only did I get all the educational side of it, as I mentioned, but I also received the fact that even though it was unfortunate in timing, I have a new truck that's set up and it, it, I've refined it quite a bit through this job. I have a new crane set up that's working for loading wood. And even though the motor went out and I had to spend half of it, well, more than half a day doing metal fabrication work and getting a winch set up and spending money on it that I hadn't planned now, it works twice as fast as it did and it works so well um just you know um i i experimented with new rigging 
processes with bigger chunks than what I'm typically doing as a general rule. I've done work with these kinds of trees before, but usually we don't have to rig them. We just drop them on the ground because they're on a driveway or something like that. And you might have to rig out a small portion of the branches over the house on one side, but this was like everything had to be rigged because there was every, it was just tight spacing. Um, so it, it made me rethink that. And then the stems, the leads were a lot more split and dead than I expected. So I had to do, um, you know, um, oh, I just I said it earlier, uh, span rigging uh, to share loads. And I had to do rigging redirects and fish pulling and things like that, that as a general rule, I don't always have to do. So you really just have to start looking at it a different way. And I even got to the point where I was so tired and so frustrated, I just started focusing on the 30 minute drive to the job and the 30 minute drive home and enjoying the scenery. Yeah, it sounds stupid, but when you're struggling as much as I was for this job, you've got to find the joy in anything you can. And when you can do that, you can push through and you can get it done. And um, so I set myself a day. I said, okay, well, if I finish it on Thursday, I'm going to take Friday and Monday off. And that's what I'm doing. Today is Friday. And I, I, so I set these little goals and I started to reevaluate. And now I'm like, for me, the podcast and the videos also give me motivation. Cause I'm like, okay, well maybe the job didn't turn out the way that I wanted, but now I can share this experience, hopefully to motivate somebody else, um, help them get through it. And, and make it work in a way that's beneficial for what you are needing to get done in your life as well. Um, and, and that helps a lot. I get to share techniques and I get to show different things that I'm doing, like the budget crane uh, that I'm set, uh, that I've set up and I'll, I'll show you that guy, show you all that in a video coming up soon. So try, that's the only way to get through it. That's the only way to get through it is, is to find those positive moments and you've got to figure out what they are. So once again, to recap real quick, um, because this has been a long topic and, and I never thought it would be this long, but definitely it's an emotional one to some degree. Um, not like cry emotional, but emotional in the sense that it's just, it, 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 when you rethink of it all and how much effort and time it took and pain, literally pain it took, it, it, it becomes exhausting, right? That's, that's the thing. So I, I focused to get through this job on first and foremost, that my word will be my reputation. And no matter if it took longer than the client expected, they will recognize I did an awesome job and I didn't give up. I learned new rigging techniques um, that on big wood that I typically don't use as a general rule or haven't had much opportunity to use. Oh, I figured out what equipment I really should have for specific jobs and where that would be beneficial. So I, I got that. Um, I was able to upgrade my crane, even though it was not favorable circumstances but it's definitely working better and faster. So that was a plus. I got my truck refined a lot in, you know, eight days down to figuring out what, how to organize it and the nuances of it. Um, and I definitely learned how to reevaluate my estimates for, for certain jobs and things. 
And I gained a lot of confidence through pushing through and realizing that even tired, I can make good decisions and make things happen and be respected as a legitimate um, arborist by people that has a knowledge of rigging and has the ability to really think through a rigging process and, and make decisions that are not only safe, but efficient. And also, I mean, the job might've been able to be done faster by somebody else, but the reality of it is, is that it was just a big and complicated job. So if, um, you're dealing with a job like that, don't give up. Don't be quick to ask for money. That's like a super turnoff in, in a way a lot of people get bad reputations because of that. I'm not saying never to, but definitely don't be super quick to. And be reasonable about what you've asked and what you're doing. And um, sometimes taking a loss, sometimes, sometimes, I'm not trying to say you should take a loss. Sometimes taking a loss is actually for a more, uh, a more profitable gain in the future. Um, so keep that in mind as well. And I don't know if, if you agree with me or not, leave me a, a comment if you don't, or if you do, uh, what do you, how do you push through your jobs? Um, the mental side of it is probably one of the biggest sides of it for everybody that's been in tree work for some time. And then of course, on the backside as a small tree service owner, um, I I'm dealing with all the administrative stuff on top of that as well. So it's like a never ending job. It seems sometimes. And when these jobs go way long, then you're dealing with clients, um, not just the one you're working for, but all the other ones you're dealing with paperwork and you're dealing with permits and you're dealing with, and you got to take it all. You've got to get it all taken care of. Um, one thing I would say is I did take one day off during the job to reset a little bit. And I just told the client, look, this is just how it is. And they often will respect that, especially when they see everything going on. So if you've got if, just explain, I'm the owner. I've got to take this day off. I've got to do administrative stuff. And if I don't, I can't continue the job right now. And, and they'll they'll usually understand and, and move on whether they're particularly happy about it or not. So hope that's beneficial for you guys. Hope it gives you guys something to think about. Um, hope it gives you some encouragement to push through your jobs and helps make them a little bit easier somehow. Also, please, once again, don't forget that you can leave me a voicemail, um, that I could potentially include in the podcast through anchor, uh, FM. And also don't forget to leave me comments, uh, share this video and podcast on YouTube through Facebook or social media if you want. And then also don't forget to comment, share, like, and subscribe. So with that subscription, hit that little bell beside the subscription button in YouTube and you won't miss a video that I put out, not only my podcast, but also the videos I put out about rigging and climbing and just general stuff. And I will see you guys in the next one. Thanks. Bye.